With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You are now in the Cornwood Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cornwood Podcast. It is Friday, please. Podcast and chill. I am, of course, joined by Mr. Pat and Mr. Kev. We have a f- interesting show today. It's going to start off with, of course, our six-pack review. We have a game cancellation. We have a NFL future Hall of Famer who is going to finally play this weekend after it, it, it was thought he's not for the rest of the season, possibly. <clears throat> Regular season. And um, we got some issues with the college football playoff already. So it's going to be an interesting show, and it'll probably go off for us at some point. So here it goes. Uh, gentlemen, kicking off... Uh, Actually, a really fun game last night. I was very impressed. I turned the game on probably halfway through the first quarter and had no problem watching it the entire most of the game, entire final three quarters. I thought it was fun to watch. What did you guys think? <clears throat> I thought it was interesting. Uh, it's always tough to see a starting quarterback go down, but uh, say what you want, but uh, Mariota played very well. Like, oh, yeah. Better. I do think he was kind of wasted in Tennessee, especially with Mike Vrabel's play calling, but it's not – he's still in a very athletic player. He was a high draft pick for a reason. He won a Heisman for a reason. The dude can play still. It's a question – it was just a question of play calling, I think, and he showed that. Yeah, I, I saw phenomenal touch on the ball. The accuracy, except for a one or two ball, one or two throws to Waller, we're on point. The escapability, he still has that the, those wheels we saw when he was at Oregon. Um, <clears throat> I honestly, the biggest problem with the Raiders last night was they could not run the ball in the final quarter to save their life. The defensive line led by Joey Bosa from the Chargers was just in the backfield. Like every time Jacobs got any yardage, he was fighting from the second he got the handoff. And that that's a big problem that Gruden's going to have to address down the road. But Mike Badgley missing one right before the end of regulation that would have ended the game right there. Raiders turning the ball over twice. It, it was just – it was a crazy game. And honestly, that was probably the, one of the better Thursday night football games I've watched this year. Pat, what did you think? Yeah, that's probably going to be like the, the best NFL game this week. Um, 
but we kind of touched on it last night on the show. It was going to be a high-scoring game, but in the end, Chargers were going to win it, and definitely didn't predict overtime, that's for sure. Yeah, that got down to the wire a little bit. We, we were we've, I think the game finished, and we were still playing Fort, enough Fortnite. We were still playing um, Rocket League. Rocket League. And it was, yeah. It was late. So that was crazy to me. Um, yeah, no, I, honestly, good win for Herbert. Kid runs in at the end. It's a good, nice little rookie moment from the guys been on a skid lately. I suppose you hear and talks about the other rookie quarterbacks around the league, like Tua and um, Jalen Hurts, who are making big headlines the past couple weeks. It, Herbert didn't want uh, to get forgot about, so there you go. All right, six pack time. Made our picks last night in the live stream. For those of you who don't know, we had a game. We had to make a change, so we had to add an NFL game in in uh, change of the. Sunbelt Conference Championship between uh, Coastal Carolina and um, Louisiana, which was canceled. Uh, but we had an NFL game in. Without further ado, we'll get rocking and rolling here. Um, our house upset, obviously, Big Ten Championship game. We are all on the Wildcats. Um, I don't think anybody here wants to see Ohio State get a dub here today, so, uh, here on Saturday. So <clears throat> go Wildcats. Anything to add, boys? No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always kind of nice if uh, if like the underdog can get a win. So, you know, nothing against OSU on that, but everything against OSU on that. I feel like I'm always just like roped into like the hate you guys have for like specific schools, and you know, I I have nothing against OSU. Oh, I I do because just, their their fans are extremely irritating, and the Big Ten basically cowtails to them, and it gets really really annoying they basically hosed indiana this year and indiana played incredible football the best they've probably played in their program's history or at least in the recent memory but next game on the list is clemson notre dame acc title game clem kevin is staying put on his acc pick from the preseason clemson with the up pulling the upset they are what you said 10 point dogs against uh clemson yeah or something yeah, about 10-point dogs. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing this time. Unlike the first matchup, me and Pat both took Clemson. My biggest thing is it just depends on which Clemson defense shows up. Do you get the one that looks like it's just flying around downhill, making plays? Or do you have the one that basically let Ian Buck run up and down your entire field? So it, it's all – it's it's because you know they're going to score on offense. That's not the issue. Notre Dame's defense is okay, but it's not their bell cow. Their bell cow is the fact they can control the football and they can just they can score with Ian Book when they need to. <clears throat> so I still think Lawrence will be the difference in this game. Clemson will get the W, cementing both of them going to the college football playoff, along with um, Alabama and possibly Iowa State or some other scrub sneaking in the back end, maybe an A and M. Uh, next up, speaking of Bama, we were all on the tide over Florida. If this ha- – if Florida beats Alabama, I think we're just going to – I just uh, call the NCAA season. I'm done. Like, th- th- just – this just is the most 2020 of all 2020 things if that happens. But I, I think Alabama's got this. I really don't see a situation where Alabama blows this to Florida. Yeah, no. I mean – it would need they would need Tim Tebow to be coming out of the locker room. They would need basically every good player in their team 
school's history. They would need Urban Meyer back on the sidelines. It's not going to happen. Dan Mullen is not leading you to a big-time win with Kyle Trask at quarterback. I'm sorry. Dink and dunk passing is not going to win this game. You cannot get a win, Florida, with Kyle Trask throwing throwing touchdowns for less than 10 yards. Guess what? He hasn't really done that all season. I think his touchdown long is like 10, 15 yards. Yeah. It's also fun fact. He was Derek King's backup at their high school. So just a little fun fact there. <clears throat> All right. Uh, this game is for the commander in chief's trophy air force at army. This is Pat's upset pick as uh, somehow air force is two and a half point favorites on the road. Me and Kev also took army. Uh, the black Knights looked great last week against Navy. They just played lights out defense. It was a gritty, nasty, mean 15-0 game. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it while I on the set on my second screen while I was trying not to lose my damn mind during Clemson. I mean, um, Notre Dame, Miami, I and mean, eh, North Carolina, Miami. But I just I see Army winning this one. They just this is their year for the Commander in Chief's Trophy. Yeah, mm. I mean, you definitely saw it last week um, against Navy. These games really just come to. That come down to stopping the run, like stopping the option. And Army did a phenomenal job. Um, they Army, when they were on offense, maybe had like one really successful pass that set up a, a touchdown. Um, but these these service academy games are all about running, and Army's just done such a good job stopping the run. Uh, the start of the Army-Navy game was a little rough, but uh, coaching adjustments were made, and they were able to hold Navy back and shut them out. So no reason they can't do the same thing to Air Force. All right, and our last college game, Oklahoma and Iowa. I take Iowa as my upset pick. I Iowa State. Iowa State. Sorry, there. Iowa State. Um, as my upset pick, I I like their team. I ser- I really do. They honestly have been kind of a nice surprise, along with like in the Indianas of the world this year. Um, I just don't trust Oklahoma. I really don't. I like Lincoln Riley as a coach. I love the personnel. I don't trust Spencer Rattler either. He's gonna need need another year of just kind of getting himself getting himself together. So, yeah, I I just think Iowa State is gonna catch him. I think the lines too, even the betting line is too much to ignore. So, yeah, give me Iowa State. No, I think it's I think Oklahoma's made the college football playoffs the last four out of the last five years, five out of the last six. Three out of the last four, I believe. Or okay, Baker, Kyler, Baker. Whoever they had before Baker. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, no, Jalen Hurts after Kyler. So, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, four out of the last five. Kev's right. So, I I think they know how to play in big games. Lincoln Riley knows how to coach in big games. And as much as I don't like Spencer Rattler, I still think he will help. He will do just enough to get them the win over Iowa State. And add before I have one more point, Pat? No, I mean, it's it's this is my hunch pick of the week for uh, Oklahoma. So, Let's hope I can go like one for three or two for three on hunch picks in the last couple weeks. Um, my one point is last year, uh, Kev. I don't know if you did you watch the Big Twelve Championship game. Uh, Big Twelve Championship game last year. Uh, I might have. I don't. I don't remember. I, I, I remember when I had for early. breakfast. I um I remember the game because it was a it was a fun game to watch. It was a shit. Oklahoma was getting smacked by Baylor for the first three quarters of the game. Baylor just 
basically was Atlanta Falcons. Jalen Hurts leads like this heroic comeback. And basically in overtime, it was Jalen Hurts' Jalen Hurts's playmaking ability with his arm and his legs and that pass rush from Oklahoma that got them the win. Because Baylor basically had shot after shot open. They just couldn't do anything about it. Their offensive line looked outgunned. I don't think Iowa State's going to make those same mistakes. And Spencer Rattler isn't Jalen Hurts. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a close game either way. But we'll see. Uh, next up, is this is the substitution for the uh, Sun Belt Championship. Saints at Chiefs. Uh, Drew Brees is actually going to play this week. Uh, that's definitely going to shift the line somewhat. But, uh, gentlemen, we haven't made picks for this yet. What are you guys thinking? Line is Kansas City minus three. Um, I don't think it matters. I don't think the line matters. I don't think Drew Brees matters. I think Kansas City is going to walk out of here with a win. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think Drew Brees is going to come back, obviously, with just like a, to try to be like a momentum changer for the game. You know, first game. He's been up, what, four weeks, three weeks, something like that, right? Um, uh, eight. It's been eight? It's been almost eight weeks, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, anyways, him coming back, is, it's going to it's gonna be a nice change of pace for, for the offense. Um, I think we're going to see less kind of like Taysom Hill gadget plays all together and, and all that, but it's not going to make a difference. It's it's the Kansas City offense, and their defense is still, still really decent, so give me Kansas City. It has been three games. I thought it was out way longer. He was... Well, uh, it's been eight and a like three and a half because he left uh, on November fifteenth early. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm getting I'm getting confused last year. That's my bad. Um, because you know he got hurt early last year as well, the same week that Big Ben went down. But he um, five games last year. Let's see, three and five. You see the uh, whole correlation here. My brain did. There was um, some addition there. Yeah. Exactly. Math. Fun. Um, my biggest thing is which Saints team is going to show up, which defense, their defense and their, their offense it's, it, with Breeze is a different animal completely, but which Saints defense is going to show up? They basically have Philadelphia run the ball in the throat, have the, have two 100-yard rushers for the first time in over 50 games against their defense. Yeah, they didn't know what to expect with Jalen Hurts, but also they let Miles Sanders run rough shot on them on only like 17 carries, 15 carries, whatever it was, but... They just, I, I don't know. They were sitting back on their heels. I don't know if they just didn't take Eat Philly seriously. I, I don't know. But they better take Mahomes seriously. But I, I seriously think it's going to be the Chiefs. I don't think there's any way in hell that the Chiefs lose this one. You Okay, you're going to take away, um, you're going to try to take away Tyreek Hill. Fine, I'll throw it to Kelsey. You want to take away Kelsey? Oh, I'll dump it off to Hilaire or throw it over the top to Watkins or Robert Robinson or, um, Pat's boy, me, Cole Hardman. Like, there, there is just so many weapons on that damn offense. Andy Reid's basically walking into a gunfight with, like, a wall of weapons. So, uh, it's – and if Kansas City defense even plays three quarters of what their potential is, like, if the Honey Badgers just starts doing Honey Badger things with that pass rush, that's yeah, done. They're, by the way, their secondary has played very good this year for how low we everyone ranked them preseason-wise. I gotta admit, their Kansas City defense is not bad. I mean, it's hard In, like, to tight games. They've kept them alive. It's hard to shine though when you're you know, when you have that offense like 
all the highlight reels of Kansas City come from that offense, and all the stat lines come from the offense. Like, it, I think it's hard to kind of distinguish your team identity in that sense. Yeah, honestly, it 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 get really just comes down to the fact that like you have guys playing out of their damn minds, but nobody's noticing it because you know, Pat, like like Pat said, it's just they're being overshadowed by like you know the reigning two years ago reigning MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Pat Mahomes, NFL poster boy, whatever you want to call it. But <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I just I really don't see this. I think the Saints are about to take a second straight L, and it just makes me laugh <clears throat> because the Packers are not that good of a team and they are basically being gift wrapped to the number one overall seed to possibly only to watch. They play the one team that's going to like, they play, watch, they get like a bad matchup in the first, the second round. They're knocked out in the front on their first playoff game. I'd be laughing hysterically. Um, all right. Last I game saw something about oh. the Packers. I saw something. A Packers fan was like, Oh, I'm sure if you asked Aaron Rodgers." If you would rather have a Super Bowl or an MVP, he'd take the Super Bowl. Are you sure about that? And what about Aaron Rodgers makes you think that he would take a Super Bowl over an MVP? I feel like he's the kind of guy he would go, I'll take either. I do not care. He's already got his Super Bowl. He's got his fulfillment. He actually had a pretty funny interview, though, this week on uh, McAfee, which I actually— uh, Rodgers is Rogers is pretty funny when he's talking to, like, his boys and stuff because he's boys with McAfee and A.J. Hawk, but— yeah, no, I could definitely see him being like, yeah, I'll take either or. I don't care. Like, he's in this first personal vindiction, honestly. If Rodgers got dealt to another team, like, next season and won a Super Bowl, he'd be happy. He, his loyalty to Green Bay is very minimal. It, all because of the team's doing that. Oh, obviously. Well, the team's basically you've been giving the middle finger for, like, five years, so... Everyone wants to talk about I, – I, like, I love to joke about how, like, the Eagles betrayed Wentz. Uh, Aaron Rodgers like, all right, hold my beer. But I think – I feel like, though, it's – like, the last two seasons with uh, with Carson, it's been more like he shot himself in the foot, where with Rodgers, it's – the team has just kind of decided, like, you're not the future anymore, so why are we going to, like, support you? Like, I mean, last year he was playing with basically – practice dummies and lawn chairs but this year yes he's shot himself in the foot i will give you that point at least um, also with Wentz, like the eagles try to give him talent they just don't draft well yeah no how the and the fact that the news came out today that they're probably gonna bring howie back next year even if peterson gets let go i just wanted my, my eyeballs peeled over and i'm like all right murder time we're doing this <clears throat> i am perfectly okay with howie coming back that actually, if you look at how to fix the Eagles, one of my points is bring Howie back for another year. I knew you were going to go to that point. And I I do agree because the thing is, his picks, I swear to God, his picks work for any other offenses but Doug's. I'm, I swear, because the thing is, Rieger is a, a rocket. In the second Doug changed up his play calling form, oh, he was explosive. He can make plays. He can get open. I mean, he's not like he's not Henry Ruggs fast, but like he's definitely in the like the speed range of like a top like a DJ Chark. Like he's not slow by any stretch. That's he's, fair. He's he's explosive as shit. So it's like the Eagles haven't had speed like that since like young Deshaun Jackson. So they need to use it right. Andy Reid knows how to use it, but clearly Doug Peterson does not. He likes those big, tall, like fall forwards for ten yards wide receivers, but. I digress. Also, I don't want to really talk there about. There are GMs who can draft guys, 
and they're very good at that, but they can't recruit talent that's already in the league. And they're guys who can recruit talent that's already in the league. Howie Roseman has shown an ability to bring guys in who have been in the league for a while and say, hey, like we're building up. We're going to make a run. Do you want in? He did that in 2016 at the end when they went 7-9, and went 13-3, and won a Super Bowl the next year. I think Howie Roseman can do that again. He can recruit guys. Fair enough. Uh, now to y'all team. Patriots, Dolphins, yeah, you guys, I, as much as I wanted to take Bill against a rookie quarterback, how fitting would it be that Kevin's boy Tua would be the one to break the streak? That's That was my thinking for this. This is a storyline here. And even if it's not – even if Tua struggles, you've got one man, one beard, a lot of magic in the background who could easily make a comeback on that game. I'm not saying it could happen, but I'm saying, like, there is – I think the Dolphins have such a good roster, and that team is playing hard for Flores. This is the perfect storm for a rookie to beat Bill. Or even, worst-case scenario, a Ryan Fitzpatrick coming out of the wing to beat Bill. And also, I mean, I, I just, the Dolphins, just they're just a different breed this year, man. All the momentum they had going towards the end of the year, it carried over. They started a little flat, but now it's like they're starting to move. They're starting to click real well. I, I'm, I'm on the Dolphins here. Defend your Patriots. Kevin, do you want to start on this one? Yeah, I can, I can, I can start. We talked about... Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. It doesn't mm-hmm. work well for the rookie quarterback. He knows how to he knows how to call complicated blitzes and throw them off their game. Rookies need they they can't read an NFL defense as well. It's not a knock against them. The game's just faster. Uh, I do think also you brought up Ryan Fitzpatrick. If two is struggling, bring him in. Do you know Ryan Fitzpatrick's career record against the Patriots and Bill Belichick? Yes, atrocious. Three and eleven. <laughs> With 456 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. Uh, I don't know because I'm looking at something from September 10th. They played September 13th, so this is before that, and I'm adding on. Uh, His career passer rating was 80.5 through those 13 games. Add in the 14th, and his passer rating in that game was 44.6. So that's lower. He's lost to them by 34-3 when he was with Buffalo, 41-3 when he was on the Jets, 43-0 when he was on Miami. Now, the Patriots do struggle against Miami in Miami. I think part of that issue is they had a dinosaur at quarterback for a while, so the humidity got to him. He lived in California, Michigan, and New England, not exactly used to humidity. Cam Newton went to Florida— went to Auburn, and then played in Carolina. The humidity is not going to be an issue for him. Damian Harris, same thing. Played in Alabama. He's used to it. We're not going to see the same Patriots team that we usually see in Miami at the end of the season, and that's a good thing. This team is going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. They, I don't know if they can make the playoffs anymore. If they do, it's like 2%. They're going to be getting – Bill is going to be getting – They're not mathematically eliminated. Yeah, I think it was about 2%. Seven? They're, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they're basically eliminated. That's why I need said a miracle. Like 2%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, Your internet glitched out, so. So there uh, are 
three games left. Yeah, so they'll be at best they'll be nine and seven, and that will be knocking on the playoffs door. I think they will get to. I don't see this team finishing worse than eight and eight. You know what's really stupid is I said eight and eight at the beginning of the year, and they're gonna get to eight and eight. So I was right about something this year. I got yelled at because my dad's girlfriend early in the year is like, oh, yeah, they're still going to make the playoffs. I was like, no, they're not. And she bet me, and then I brought it up the other night. She's like, okay, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I like all right, lady already. sorry for being I right. Yeah. No, I, no, it, 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 your, your reasoning is pretty sound. The problem is you're, it's not even your defense. Your offense is just so inconsistent. We don't know what Cam Newton show up one week to the next. So also lack of playmakers really doesn't help either. But Pat – what do you think about the game Sunday? So I am, as long as Tua starts that game, I am not worried. The Bill Belichick defense against a, a rookie quarterback is insane. I mean, we shut out the Chargers. Like, we, we shut down Herbert to the point of them putting up no points. Um, as long as the off, the New England offense can establish the run and just make sure Cam doesn't have to make those, like, third and 15, like, passes, we're fine. Like, yeah. we're going to... You know, bare minimum, get it into folk heroes range, and he's just going to kick in a field goal, and that's going to be a, a plus three, like a couple times each quarter. So, key center of the passage is to establish the run and let Bill work his magic against a rookie quarterback, especially too, because this, this this will be to his first time playing the Pats. So, I I think it's a whole different beast for him as a as a quarterback to face one of the best defensive strategists in the NFL. Also, it'd be a definite bench test because, yeah, like you said, his counterpart from the rookie for the rookie of the year uh, trophy did not do well against Bill. Let's see if two, even if Tua struggles, but still maybe even gets a shot at a win, it's definitely gonna look better for Tua getting the rookie of the year uh, award. All right, gimme's. We all took upsets in the fur in the first six picks. So Kev took the Raven, uh, Rams, took the Rams over the Jets. I took the Titans. And Pat took the Ravens over the Jaguars. So. I don't know why you guys aren't adopting my strategy for an upset. First thing you look, who Alabama is playing, who the Jets are playing, and who Ohio State's been playing. Or Kansas City. Like, that's the meta. The Jets are trying to lose games. I don't care. I know, but, like, it's it's the Jets. I'm waiting for them to – Actually win one just to fuck everything up. They had a chance to win one and then decided to call a cover zero. Like, With a spy. <laughs> I wish the Jaguars were on their schedule this year because I would just want, love to see two teams actively trying to lose without making it too obvious. Like, the, the crazy thing about the Jaguars is their offense, if you put a decent quarterback in there, you have a good, a good three-down running back. You have a good primary receiver and a couple good secondary ones. You need a tight end. You need an offensive line. But, like, Chark and Cole and all those boys, they're not a bad receiving core, honestly. And Robinson's proof he is a number one running back. So my biggest thing is you get somebody in to replace Minshew. Mike Glennon almost lit a team up with that offense. Like, damn, like, it's, uh, to me, like, the with the Jaguars, it's just like, they're like a two, they're like two seasons away. They usually get rid of Doug Marone, too. I think the Jags are sort of taking like a Jets approach where it's like they realize where they are in the season. They realize that there's nothing they can do. But I think part of them really hopes that the Jets pull a win so that they can get that number one overall pick. Um, So I don't I don't see them actively making an attempt to win a game. From this, you know, that at this point in the season. 
how great would it be if the Jets? I, it would be awful. I would hate my life. But if the Jets beat the Patriots in Week 17. <laughs> oh my God! I, yeah. I I I would call. I would Facetime you like immediately. You just want to see how like sh- shit faced you were. Because I I don't think if that went that way, you would not be sober at the end of that game. It'd be hysterical because I would love to see the Jets not get Trevor Lawrence. Oh my God! It'd be like watch it like they have to settle for Justin Fields. He ends up being a bust. I'd be like, oh God I, damn it! Lost the Jets, but they don't get Trevor Lawrence. Huh, It'd just be funny. To- we don't have to see Trevor Lawrence twice a year for his entire NFL career. His entire no, he would yeah. definitely not sign another contract after his rookie deal was up. It'd go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean until he, until he turns the franchise around and makes them a Super Bowl contest. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't finish that sentence. So what? I did something like how to fix the Eagles. I have a how to fix the Jets. Fire everyone. Burn down the entire city of Rutherford and disband your team. That's how you fix the New York Jets. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Kev, I guess Kev it does fix the Jets. Nuclear option. What? Kev went with the nuclear option. Nah, not nuclear. You can't. You, you don't want to harm New York City because that's an economic center. But, you know, just just burn it down. Is the NSA going to tag this podcast now? No, I did not say I would be doing that. I do not care enough about Rutherford, New Jersey. I'm saying the Jets should do that. So well, listen, I have family. I have family who live within. I have family who live within like like very close driving distance of East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's not a nice place. You've exactly. seen The no, Godfather. It's a it's a it's a, it's crap. It's a ghost town. It's just nuclear. You can't hurt Jared's family. Yeah. The Raiders fans, though. Just I mean, use Sam Darnold's hair to start the fire. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right. Kev, you got some beef with Auburn. Let's hear it. I decided I don't have beef. I want to give a warning to Auburn. Oh, because of uh, this guy, this certain coach's drinking problem? There goes Jared stealing my joke again. Damn, I didn't actually think that was what your joke was, though. So, Steve Sarkeesian, Alabama's offensive coordinator, was expected to interview for the Auburn head coaching job. He, you shouldn't do that. You should not hire him, Auburn. He is 46 and 35 as a head coach in the Pac-12. You just hired a, fired a guy for going 68 and 35. And Alabama, or Alabama former coordinators do not do well against Nick Saban. And it's also easy to find a reason not to drink when you're winning games by a billion. I guarantee you this man would have nothing to do when he's missing bowl games besides drink. You don't want to tempt him. Auburn, do your humanitarian work. Don't hire Steve Sarkeesian. There are better options. Matt Patricia, great option right there. Great defensive mind. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Great offensive play caller. Definitely calls to his team's personnel strengths. Um, likes to likes to really cater to his quarterbacks. <laughs> exactly. Mark Richt is probably bouncing around somewhere. Hire him. <laughs> no, uh, hire his son. His play caller when he was the last two years. Jim Harbaugh is probably going to be on the market. Uh, oh, a great Jimbo. hire. 
Uh, Colin Coward gave him the stamp of approval, said he's going to take over the top college football coach from Nick Saban. Another great call Chip right Kelly. there. Chip Kelly. Chip you want your Kelly? players to their there's, life? There's so many options. Just you, you don't don't go after Steve Sarkeesian. I'm doing you a favor. I like it when the Iron Bowl is competitive. I want you to be competitive. Uh, um, I'm going to offer one more name to the hat. Uh, Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator for the University of Miami, um, who allowed his um, sponge cake defense to uh, 62 points from a team that shouldn't even been on the same field as us. Sure. Hey, let's have a linebacker. I want them to be competitive. Stop giving out joke names. I'm giving out serious <laughs> offers here. Matt Patricia, Jim Harbaugh. Mark Rick, these are some of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Dude, put First the cast of Mark Lombardi out there. That would be another great coach. That poor man's heart's done. Mark Rick shouldn't get on a coaching staff anymore. That man needs to re- like enjoy retirement. They're better off calling for my boy Butch Davis. I would like to point out Jared missing the joke again. I know. I, I mean, there's so many good options here. Pete Golding. The better ah, Alabama coordinator. Oh, man. points. That did you guys have you guys heard about this coaching search for Auburn though? No. I've heard it's been literally just a name of like every time I see a name, I I literally have to look up who these people are half the time because I'm like I'm like I see like the names the names I recognize I'm like okay whatever but like I follow college football pretty intensely and I'm like who the hell are these guys? So initially, the plan was by a couple of boosters, fire Gus Malzahn and hire Kevin Steele, uh, Auburn's current defensive coordinator. Word got out that he was being looked at for the head coaching job, and the city of Auburn was not happy. The students were not happy. So now they're backtracking, like, oh, we're, we actually have to look for a coach now. Oh, no. I mean, we stole our coach from Temple, so that was fun. But – um. It was honestly the slimiest thing I've ever seen happen, but I mean, it prevented us from, you know, having another Al Golden. Oh, Al Golden, Kev, an expert recruiter. Another phenomenal option. Ooh, try to talk, try to get uh, Tom Herman from Texas. See if you can convince him to come to the SEC. Uh, Let's think. Him and his crazy ass wife. (laughs) Oh, you want crazy ass wives? Try to get Dan Mullen. His way for like making out with players. That would help with recruits. Or recently yeah. fired Kevin Sumlin, who apparently can't coach outside of uh, College Station. Tommy Tuberville, I think he'd be another great coach. Um, see if he can double down, do a little bit of Senate work, do a little coaching work. Uh, that'd work really Bring well. Bring back uh, Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik, another good choice, good strong choice, Jared. He did win a national championship. Uh, oh, oh, another guy. He's out of a job now. He won a national championship as an offensive coordinator, really helped promote uh, quarterback's talents, becoming the number one overall pick and a Heisman winner. Uh, Gus Malzahn, uh, I heard he just got like, I forget what school let him go, but Auburn, look at him. He, I forget what school he was at, but he had like a 68 and 35 record as a coach. That's pretty good. I mean, it wouldn't have anything to do with the fact their quarterback's a joke, but you know, whatever. Hugh Jackson, he's available. Oh, I'm so down. Um... We start to just uh, hell. Go after Lane Kiffin, Joey Freshwater. Bring him in the building. <laughs> Look, these are all great options, Auburn. I, I think these are should all jump your list over Steve Sarkeesian. 
I'm trying to help you. I've been miserable as Alabama's putting up 35-plus points for 20 straight games. Uh, I really think it'd be the best interest of your program if you don't hire him. I have one more, Cal. <laughs> hire my good friend and Miami faithful Willie Taggart. Another fine. The man that single-handedly drove Florida State into the turf. <laughs> Another great choice. Auburn should really uh, hire you to... To figure out their coaching situation. Oh, exactly. I don't. I do it for two hundred thousand dollars. Give me two hundred thousand dollars. I'll find you a coach. That <laughs> I'll be an assistant for one hundred and ten. Nah, I'll take seventy five k. Give me five hundred thousand. I'll coach your team. Yeah, <laughs> I'll. I'll be the OC. It's not gonna be. It's. It's gonna be nothing but read options and yeeting the ball downfield. Read options would probably be good for Bo Nixon because he can't throw for shit. Pat can be special teams coordinator. Specialist Pat. Oh, synergy. I like it. Okay, you're DC. I'm OC. We got this. Oh, I am head coach. Um, I think we do have Matt Patricia lookalike Mike Brown at belly up. I think we should have him be defensive coordinator. <laughs> no, see, Kevin, if you grow like a beard, I think you could do the Matt Patricia look. Do you have a pencil nearby you could just put in your ear? Yeah, there it is. We're all like John Belushi trying to call plays right now. Yeah, I'll just drive the lines into the ground, but not enough to get like really good picks. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, you'd be full eligible with Matt Patricia. Yeah, like you'll be right there playing Marshall every year. Like, who doesn't want that? Easy ball wins, guys. Come on, think of the positives here. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, so yeah, Auburn's going to play in the Anchorage Sierra Bowl, <sighs> the GoDaddy.com Bowl, the um Detroit the Detroit Motor City Bowl, <clears throat> Dan Orlovsky MVP. Is the GoDaddy.com Bowl still a thing? No, it is. I think not. it is. Oh, it's not. No. Now they changed the name. It was the Mobile Alabama Incorporated Bowl, then the GMAC Bowl, then the GoDaddy Bowl, the Dollar General Bowl, and now it's the Lending Tree Bowl. Wow. That is just a slew of organizations that you really never hope to have to use. Yeah. Um, Oh, Pat, in a couple years, you want to go to the Fenway Bowl? I'm sorry? So this year there was supposed to be a first bowl game, the Fenway Bowl at Fenway. Fenway Park between the American and the ACC, and it got canceled for this year. But next year it'll be a thing. Uh, it's, it'd be great. I think it'd be a good time. We can watch, depending on what ACC team goes, some American school beat up the ACC for four quarters. So it's uh, so it's going to be like Virginia, North Carolina State versus, I don't know, like Houston. I'd take Houston in that. Oh, I, mean, I would too. I mean, yeah. NC State can score though. That's the thing. Like if we play, they played this year. NC State can score. They just we, can't play defense. We could carpool into Boston, or we could take the T. We could no, dude. We road trip in there for sure. Um, we get some peach rings. We get a nice, uh, nice playlist going. Uh, belly up I pays mean, for the gas money to the city. <laughs> I mean, I really hope Mike plays for our hotels when me, him, and Cruz go to – we can even drag Pat to Miami uh, 
Miami, uh, Alabama next next spring, I mean next fall, but that's gonna be uh, like same thing. Cab, I think we should just road trip to Alabama. Screw plane tickets. Jeez, oh, you guys can have the same exact thing. Peach rings, a nice little uh, playlist put together. Uh, what do you do with you peach rings, Pat? Uh, peach rings are my uh, road trip food. I I can't See, tell you why, is, but they just I, are. Mine is a water beef jerky. I chew like uh, red man, and I just go. And also a giant monster. It's like this big. Yeah, I mean monsters are a given on a road trip, especially if you're gonna go watch college football. Why did the last road trip? Also, we're going to the uh, kickoff between Alabama and I think it was Florida State that year. Yeah, it was in Atlanta. Uh, you pick someone to drive, someone to be co-pilot, and then you and your buddy just drink in the back seat. <laughs> I mean, that's what we did on the way to Jets Eagles in 2015. I, I start, I cracked a Yangling literally on the on 684, and my buddy's roommate turned and was like, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "Drinking." I am a 20-year-old kid who likes to party in college. I'm about to go watch the team I hate versus the team I root for but still hate. Like, let's do for this. Let's do this. It was it's, rough because that was a week before my 21st birthday. Oof. My problem was I um, I hated everybody. I Like, the 2015, I call the lost season because that was the one time in my entire life where I didn't have a favorite player on the Eagles. Like, there was no player I liked enough to, like, root for the favorite player. I tried to like DeMarco Murray, but he was a tool. Ryan Matthews got hurt too much. Connor Barwin was like, eh. Never been a big guy, big fan of Zach Ertz. Um, Sammy Sleeves wasn't a fan of either. Jordan Matthews, honestly, was kind of a joke. It was like the, a weird, odd season. And then next year they draft Wentz. They draft Jalen Mills. They, like, from 2016 on, they just started drafting guys I liked. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm good now. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, no, honestly, uh, that, that game was crazy. I don't remember the first quarter. Yikes. Well, now if you're ever going to do any drinking as, like, a tailgating or, uh, you know, to watch uh, a sports game with, use a Kong beer bong uh, and use our uh, link to help support the show that I'm sure is somewhere on our Twitter deep, deep down in the uh, in the tweet feed. Marketing wizard Pat. <laughs> Please Pat. give my dog and uh, Kevin's dog the lives that they deserve by supporting the show. And Mr. Kitty. Yeah, I mean, I feel like cats could really survive on their own. I don't know if Sabin and my dog could uh, survive on their own. My cat was raised by dogs, so basically she thinks she is one. So okay. I was going to say a hard pass on that one. <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, I, I don't know how Sabin would do. <laughs> Venturing out on his own. He's a special boy. We could trade dogs for like an afternoon. I feel like uh, I feel like that'd be fun. I'm good. That's content right there. Okay, well. <laughs> oh, you don't wow. have to deal with giving Wait, my dog insulin? Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> can't, can't say I do, Pat. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, good Lord Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I could get Saban to come over. Saban! Nah, he doesn't care about me. Yeah, no. Uh, and I, I could whistle as loud as I could, but she, Boo's probably chilling on the couch right now, so she's not getting up. All right. Uh, Kev, you got anything weird from before we bail? Uh, I do, actually. It is the last night of Hanukkah at recording.
So we're going to go over some fun Jewish athlete facts. Cool. Uh, Josh Rosen, he's Jewish. Uh, his great, great, great grandfather was the founder of the Wharton, Warburton. I don't have it in front of me. I looked at it earlier. The Penn, UPenn Business School. Uh, Wharton School of Business. His great, great, great grandfather is Joseph Wharton, who the school is named after. And an even funnier fact, Ali Marpet, guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His mom is Joy Rose, who was in a rock band called Housewives on Prozac. Wow. This is getting weird. And so, yes, he is Jewish as well. Um, Let's go through some more NFL players. Obviously, we know Julian Edelman's Jewish. I don't know if there are any fun facts about that. Uh, Oh, Terrell Suggs, (laughs) former DN for the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Chiefs. His grandfather is Jewish, I believe. Yes, his paternal grandfather is Jewish. He considers himself half Jewish, and he has a Star of David tattooed on his right arm. So there's some there's some facts about Jewish NFL players. There you go. Uh, Thank you, I'm Kevin. Gonna I feel quick. smarter having learned that. All right? Of Play I think, the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler. It, it was mostly because <laughs> it was Hanukkah. It, you know, Festival of Lights. You gotta gotta bring some representation. Got to yes. inform the people. I, at least like I did I not said. tell the story of Hanukkah. Yeah. But I can if you guys I said, want. Uh, I, 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 we'll pass. I think we <laughs> yeah. all saw the Rugrats episode where Tommy's grandfather told them the story of Hanukkah. If not, go watch that. Yeah, there you go. That's more education than I was talking about. All right. Ooh, let's kick that smooth jazz off the Motley Crew this week. We'll go to last call, even though I'm pretty pissed about this. So, you t- um, NFL, Northeast Stations, I got a beef with you. And that pretty boy number 12 in Tampa Bay. Because of Tom Brady and his Northeast influence, I have to watch Atlanta versus Tampa Bay on Sunday at 1 o'clock, not Kyler Murray versus Jalen Hurts, the battle of mobile quarterbacks. Are you kidding me? I have to watch that shit show over Atlanta, ver- oh, like oh my god, over Arizona and Philadelphia, which is gonna be a great game. I, I I hate, I can't wait till Brady retires because I swear he could leave Tampa Bay this off season and go to a new team and they'd still play them over NFC East teams and it's gonna drive me fucking nuts. I just can't stand it. It, it, it makes me so irritated that I have to watch that. I understand Patriots Buffalo because I live in freaking new england jeff i understand not watching because i don't have i don't i don't have the new york cbs station through youtube tv i don't care about that but for the love of all things holy i should not have to subject myself to tampa bay atlanta that is bullshit without so, yeah. julio jones no less uh, free julio buy a shirt buy a shirt buy a shirt all right buy and also shirt, free please. carson buy a shirt free carson fire dog buy a shirt I had to take those down. Why? Because t- the company that we use for our shirts uh, is not good. And someone ordered one and sent a picture. It's like, yeah, this came out blue. And I okay, sent or- him the original graphic that I uploaded. 
It is not. Oh hosting. yeah, this is this is a sports company startup problems. I swear. Like no, we could have. Well, Kev, you and me and Mike and Blaine could write a book on this. Like, the stuff we have to deal with from, like, like outside companies. Like, one of the companies I'm dealing with, I one of our sponsors, I'm not going to call them out because it's not their fault. It's U, U, United States Postal Service's fault. I order something from them. I use our promo code. I also use the sale they were having. I got a great gift from my, my cousin-in-law, the newest addition to the family. He just got married to my cousin, like, in, in uh, September. Big fan of the, their products. I ordered him the holiday gift set, and it's been stuck in Tennessee for eight days. So, yeah. I just call it startup problems. I don't even know. I, I just, it's great. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back on Tuesday for our Christmas special, A Quarter with Christmas. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, how, uh, Santa hats or elf hats are welcome, of course. Um, I might even do a Christmas intro. I'm not even sure. Um, but we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk some talk some picks. Put everything together. It's going to be basically all three of our shows that we do during the week. Live stream, podcast, chill, and our original pod. All thrown into one hour and a half, two hour, one hour smorgasbord. It's going to be a fun time. So check it out. It's going to be fun. That will be out on Wednesday morning. Uh, and also this will be out, of course, your Saturday commute. But I'm Jared. That's Kev. That's Ooh, Pat. We have oh, another plug. Check out the Cruise Control podcast. First episode came out this week. We all know and love Cruise. He's been on the podcast before. We finally got him to sign his belly up contract. Finally got him set up with a logo. Well, actually, the logo took like 15, 20 minutes once he told me what he wanted. Man's a graphic design minor in college, and I still made his logo. <laughs> I'm confused. Didn't give me credit for it on any social media platforms. I'm not bitter, though. Yes. And he's got a big guest. You just yell at him when he comes on. Big guest this week. Uh, he might be on next week. We're not sure. Depends on how this guest ro- turns out when he's doing it. But I don't want to spoil it. But check it out if you're a fan of college football and certain coaches. Check it out. The Cruise Control Podcast. We've retweeted it, so go go give, yeah. go give it a listen. Go give Crew some love. There you go. That's our boy Cruz. We know we, you know him. You love him. And uh, I had to yell at him twice on Thursday when he was uh, he was missing a couple things for his podcast. But that's just what my job entails at this point. I'm Jared. That's Kev. That's Pat. We're out. We'll see you guys on Tuesday for the Christmas special. Peace. Yeah. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.